so are you DTFF? Drinking and talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Hey, welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday evening, everyone, if you're joining us live here. Uh, hopefully those of you that went to the expo this last weekend are fully recovered. Unlike my co-host, Jake Trowbridge, who is still uh, trying to recover. Give him a break. He's in his 30s. He doesn't recover quite like he used to. Um, I think that's just like a, a thing in your 30s where you don't recover and then you hit your 40s again and you feel terrific because I feel fucking great after this weekend, man. Um, I'm also- on the wrong side of this bell curve, <laughs> Justin. I need to hurry up and cross the 40 threshold. Uh, My God. Don't wish it here too soon because uh, the 30s are amazing. Yeah. I mean, so far, they've been all right. <laughs> they've been fine. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we have got... The culmination of our off season here with this one episode. This this is our favorite episode. I shouldn't I shouldn't speak for you, Jake. It's my favorite episode of the summer, and I say that about a lot of uh, these off season episodes. But this one in particular, I really do love. This is our drinking buddies episode. This is where we plant our flags in the sand and say these are our guys. These are our ride or die guys. These are the guys we believe in and that we will be drafting onto our teams this season for redraft. So I'm really excited to talk about this. I know we've got some players that we probably disagree on a little bit, um, mm, which maybe, maybe we'll end up with some beer bets, maybe, uh, but should be a good episode. Uh, but before we get into it, um, as I said, we were at the expo this last weekend and um, I'd like to get your thoughts, Jake. But first, I just want to say I had an amazing time. Uh, other than the bullshit tolls between Indiana and Ohio <laughs> um, and the construction we faced. Other than that, it yeah. was a great fucking weekend. Like I had a blast uh, meeting um, everybody in the community out there was amazing. Uh, everybody was as I envisioned pretty much uh, coming from Twitter or, you know, interacting with them on our show or being on their shows uh, for the most part. Um, like I said, everybody was exactly what I thought and probably even more delightful than I expected. So uh, to all those out there, uh, thanks for a great weekend. I had a blast. And Jake, I have to say you were Mr. Popular this weekend here. Uh, you had so many people that that wanted just to meet you, the man behind the, the parody. So uh, how'd that make you feel? Uh, no, it felt due because I slipped all those people five bucks via PayPal right before we got down there. That's what I didn't tell you. That's where the allure comes from, Dustin. Well, all monetary. Oh, you could have, you could have just slipped me all the fives and I've been like, Hey, have you seen my co-host Jake's videos? Like, you know, I, you, I expect you to do that anyhow, Dustin. I don't, I don't feel like I need to reimburse you to be my hype man. Uh, I thought that, that we had agreed on that. Uh, nothing uh, but official. I guess we need to reevaluate <laughs> that contract. Uh, no, it, it was an incredible time. Uh, I mean, from start to finish, one shout out to Bob Lung who put that mm-hmm. thing on. It was just so well run mm-hmm. for not happening at all last year. Happening, I believe, the first time the year prior to that yep. in a much smaller capacity. To then have it be as big as it was, it was huge, uh, both for analysts and for fans that came to the Expo on mm-hmm. Sunday. Uh, the rest of the weekend was for the analysts, let's be honest. And then Sunday was really, <laughs> you know, set aside for the, the fans, too. But 
Uh, it was so well run. Everybody was crazy nice. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was a joy to meet people face to face. I mean, aside from you, uh, no offense, and I'm sure it's the same way coming back to me, we're the only people that we know in fantasy football, really, that we've met face to face. Because mm -hmm. we live right next door to each other. So it'd be weird if we didn't. Um, but yeah, I, I am recovering, but it was a delightful thing to recover. Yes. Yeah, it, it was great. Um, and if anyone didn't make it down this year, um, and, and I, I get it with with the lingering COVID issues and things like that. Uh, I totally get it. But uh, assuming things are better next year, make the trek to the expo because it was a blast. And yeah, big shout out to Bob Lung on that because uh, he, he did an amazing job. So uh, yeah, with that... Let's get into our show a little bit here. But first, before we hit our drinking buddies, uh, we've got our beer of the week here. And this is one I picked up, a nice local brew from Capital Brewing here in Madison. This is their Aw Summer Ale, A-W-E. Like, aw, awesome. Oh like, yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah. I, yeah. Okay, that's uh, This is a bright, golden blonde, crisp citrus aroma, refreshing spritzy. It's an ale brewed with orange peel at 5% alcohol. So cheers, Jake. Hopefully you the, can choke this down. Uh, no, this is delightful. This is the perfect kind of beer to come back onto the recovery train from. Let's be honest. Uh, this is nice and light. And as we haven't said in quite some time, crushable. You know that word? That is that is summer beer worthy. It's like I'm going to hop on uh, a boat or I'm going to go push the mower around and drink a beer like this. And I love it. Mm -hmm. so good call yep got a great comment uh, in the chat here uh from skin man 19741 just says jakes be modest wonderful guy no reason he can't finish second in the foo fighters division uh in sfb so thanks skin man damn it jason it's jason <laughs> thomas who is the, gonna be my uh villain he's gonna be the villain of the foo fighters division for sure in scott fishbowl uh we are now enemies so thank you for that jason uh, but I appreciate the first part of your comment very much. <laughs> so, yeah, Jake, uh, this is a great beer. Um, very refreshing. Very orangey. Uh, but yeah, I yeah. do like it. It's a good summer beer. Good, good mm -hmm. summer beer. Yeah, it's like the definition of a summer beer. Mm -hmm. If you looked it up in a dictionary, you know what you would see? This this beer? No. A, oh. a definition of the word summer beer, which this oh. fucking is, oh. Justin. Oh, Oh, okay. I get it now. I'm right there with you. Nice. <laughs> what is, no, it's, it's really tasty. Uh, Capital Brewery, by the way, I, one last call out about the expo here is I know because we brought some of uh, our favorite Wisconsin beverages just to basically drink at the hotel and whatnot, you know, kind of on an as-needed basis. Mm -hmm. If we weren't getting slow-ass bartender service, you know, we could go grab Shout out to Keith. Cooler. Woo! Thanks, Keith. Thanks for everything. <laughs> and by that, I mean almost nothing. Uh, but we brought up, you know, some great craft beers that we like from around here. But the talk around uh, the expo was still, in terms of Wisconsin beers, Dustin, the Spotted Cow. Of Spotted course. Cow still reigns supreme. Yeah. And uh, right there. Uh, oh, look at that backup can you're yep. working Got a with backup beer. for tonight. That's right. You delightful son of a bitch. Uh, I just wanted to call out, I don't know, I feel like that's that's the big beer that's represented from Wisconsin. But there's more to Wisconsin than So Spotted much Cow. more. I just wanted so to So much that. more. All right. So, are we ready for this? Our drunk trade of the week? Mm hmm. Let's do it. 
drunk 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 and Josh Gordon. This was in 2019, so there was still a lingering chance that Josh Gordon was going to go and do something. This was like round eight of the cycle of Josh Gordon has the potential to actually get involved in, in football again. So our user says, our submitter says, hit accept as fast as I could. Of course, naturally. It's a half PPR, 10 team league. I asked for the follow-up. How drunk do you think the league mate was? And they said, enough to think that would somehow pay off. <laughs> so once more, was offered, our submitter was offered DeAndre Hopkins for his Melvin Gordon and Josh Gordon, the, the Gordon duo. Dustin, let me kick it over to you. Initial impressions from this drunk trade. Oh, this is a smash except for him here with the Hopkins side. I mean, as much as I love the office of Gordon and Gordon, um, in it, especially in a 10 team league, getting that one elite player, um, as opposed to two, or I mean, Melvin Gordon, you know, he was kind of a fringe RB 12, uh, or RB one, I should say, uh, a couple years ago, but to get that one top five elite player on your team in a smaller league setting like that, you can't go wrong. Uh, and I mean, personally, I was never a big believer in Josh Gordon after his, you know, multiple suspensions and everything. So I never thought he would get back on the field. But yeah, smash except for the Hopkins side without even thinking about it. Yeah. And clearly, as they said, it was an insto except that's one of those where you should make sure to check your alerts mm -hmm. constantly in your leagues. Don't let them sit out for too long, because if you do, you might not get to accept a trade like this because the other person might come to their senses before you see it. That's right. Get the chance. Uh, and so they took advantage, which is great. Yeah, let me just call out Melvin Gordon here. So in 2019, uh, was going into a contract year with the Chargers, right? And so people still had high hopes. He did get injured, as he tends to do throughout his career. True story. You know, he put up a respectable stat. He had eight touchdowns in 12 games. Uh, but, you know, 600 rushing yards. He had about 300 receiving yards, which is real nice. He had an adequate season. Yeah. But now, flash forward now, last year, he, again, fine. Very fine, respectable season. But would you say, from this point forward, I'm just curious, trying to milk this for all it's worth, is there anything left for Melvin Gordon here in terms of real value? No. It's just that yeah. simple. No. I agree. You might get half a year out of him this year. Yeah. And I think you'd be lucky for that. I mean, frankly. if you t if you take him and, you know, maybe the early double digit rounds as like your running back five or six or something, use him as maybe a flex play. Maybe you'll get some good run, like you said, early in the season. Then you can trade him away. Sure. But uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Melvin Gordon's done. It's toast. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, but it, Josh Gordon, this is the year, by the way, that he landed on the Patriots, and so there was that spark. Anything can happen. Mm -hmm. It's the Patriots. He's going to be Tom Brady's favorite receiver, and, you know, obviously things didn't quite work out. So, yes, Hopkins over Gordon and Gordon every single time, uh, even at the height of their powers, that was a smash except. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. We, we we can move on from that now, I, I, I guess. I don't okay. think there's anything left to talk about there. 
All right. Well, Jake, do you want to give us a, a read from our sponsor for this week? I am excited to give a read from our sponsor, Poor Richard's Farms All Natural Beef Sticks. Dustin, I, I don't, I don't even want to read, you know, this little script that I have because now we're at the point. We've, well, I have finished off uh, a good deal of these beef sticks, all well, of them that I had received. In fact, oh, I, I finished, I finished the last beef stick off tonight, uh, and it was delightful. How was that it, beef? How was the last beef when it hit your lips, Dustin? How good? How oh, good? It, it, it feels so good when it hits your lips. You, you just can't help but put it in your mouth. Can I ask what flavor you finished uh, the batch off with? This was this was the barbecue. Barbecue. Yes. Nice. So, yes, all of Poor Richard's Farm beef sticks are smoked with real hardwood chips. They come in a variety of flavors. So there is the aforementioned barbecue hickory. There is teriyaki maple, Tex-Mex mesquite. The best. And the original, the OG flavor as well. They're all natural. There's no fillers, no artificial preservatives. Um, they're shelf stable still, though, so you don't got to worry about them going bad at any point. No supplemental hormones or antibiotics given to the cattle, uh, which are European beef cattle. Um, you know, I, I'm just going to say it. I am about to place like a, an order that I think will shock my fiance when it comes to the door. I think it's going to be that large of a box. I am obsessed with these things. And listeners, you can get 5% off of your entire order if you use your promo code DTFF at checkout. You also get free shipping when you buy three or more packs of these. You're going to want at bare minimum three, not just mm -hmm. because of the shipping, but because they are that tasty. They no are. BS. Um Jake and I were talking on the drive back from the expo on Sunday night, and I had gotten at one of our gas station pit stops a little beef stick cheese combo that you can get at their little deli cooler there. And I told them, I'm like, this is just not the same. I'm like, poor Richards, they ruined all other beef sticks out there for me because they are that good. And that's no bullshit. They are excellent, excellent beef sticks. You cannot go wrong. Um, like you, Jake, I'm probably going to be placing an order here very soon to get some more because they are that fucking delicious. Heck yes. Heck yes. So listeners, do yourself a favor. Eat the beef that we eat, which is this beef. Poor Richard's Farm. That's right. All right. Let's do this. I'm so excited. It's time. It is time for the segment of the century, Dustin. Well, of the summer. Of this, no, this um, is going to be even better than last year's episode. Oh. You know why? Because I feel even more confident in my drinking buddies this year than I ever have. Before. So you're saying this is going to be the best episode we ever do is right here. This one you said of the century. When you put it that way, I'm just I, I'm, I meant like of the century to this point. Okay, you know, all right. All of the days and weeks in this century so far, this one is the best to this point. Okay, okay, all right. I got you. I don't want to. I don't want to cap this early. I don't want to peak here, Dustin. But it is going to be amazing. Now, so the rundown, of course, we pick one at every position: mm -hmm. quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. We pick, like you said, these are these are the guys we are getting on our rosters. Basically, we're doing anything that we can to have them on our teams. That is correct, sir. So, Jake, why don't you start us off here? Thank you for allowing Ryan Fitzpatrick to open up this segment. He deserves it, and you deserve to have him on your team. Fitzpatrick, I don't know why his ADP is so criminal, Dustin. I, 
all I can surmise is that he's a journeyman. He's been on a million teams at this point, and people are frustrated at the small number of startable games he's had because he's not always starting for his team mm -hmm. in the NFL. He's sharing time with somebody. Is it Jameis Winston? Is it Josh Rosen? Is it Tua? Is it somebody else coming up in Washington? No. It is Ryan Fitzpatrick's year. The competition behind him is Taylor Heinke. It's Kyle Allen. And it's not a worry. This is the first year in quite some time I think you're, you're going to finally see Ryan Fitzpatrick starting for, I'll say, at minimum 12 games. And I actually think that it's probably going to be the entire season, barring injury. Now, last year, he looked like he could start the whole season. He really did. He had his highest completion percentage of his career. He had the second highest air yards per attempt of his career. So he was not only accurate, but he was slanging that thing. And he looked great in the starts that he had. So weeks one through six last year, he was the starter. He finished his quarterback 12 in points per game. He was a QB1. The only other start he got last year, week 12, uh, he was the QB8 that week. So did not have lower than QB1 for that duration, that stretch that he got to start. If we flash back one more year, 2019, week seven on when he finally took over as the starter, he was the quarterback five in points per game. In 2018, he was the quarterback five in points per game overall. Started eight games. What more? Do you want out of Ryan Fitzpatrick now that he walks into a team that has a better offensive line than he's had, better weapons than he's had? I am a big fan of Warren and Curtis Samuel and Dynamite Brown from a real life fantasy, excuse me, real life football perspective. For fantasy, I don't know how smitten I am with anyone individual there, but for the team and for Fitzpatrick in fantasy, it's such a slam dunk. And He's going for free. He's quarterback 22 right now. I hope that his ADP does not rise one bit. And so I say this, please draft him, but, you know, like not early because I don't want his ADP to, to rise before I get the chance to. And our league doesn't draft for like another three weeks, Dustin. So I, I really need this to stay. I don't think you'll have an issue with that. Let's be honest. <laughs> he's He's always been just criminally undervalued in – in fantasy football, uh, mainly because, you know, he hasn't had that stability of being the starter. He, you, you know, every every year that he's signed with a new team, he's that fill in guy or they always draft a rookie quarterback to kind of be that bridge QB. So they didn't do that here in Washington this year. So the fact that he is the guy that he's their ride or die, unless you're going to go with like, who is it, Tyler Heineke or um uh, who else is there? PJ Walker or something like that. I mean, Kyle Allen is the other. Oh, Kyle you know, Allen. I, I don't even know. Like there, there's a bunch of no name quarterbacks, uh, obviously much more talented than myself, but no name quarterbacks yes. when it comes to the NFL. So the fact that they didn't spend high draft capital on a quarterback this year or any draft capital uh, really speaks volumes to their comfort level with him and and having him around, uh, if not just for this year, even next year as well. It's possible. Look, because I don't know what they're going to be looking at for draft capabilities for quarterback next year. And yes, a trade is always on the table or one of these, again, weary travelers at quarterback could find their way to Washington too. But yeah, for this year, at least I'm obsessed. 
And in Dynasty, he's worth, I mean, you can get him probably for a third round pick pretty easily because nobody wants to believe in Fitzpatrick, at least for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my quarterback is number one, Cam Newton for the New England Patriots. Uh, a lot of things going against him. Let's be honest. They drafted Mac Jones 15th overall in the rookie draft this year. Um, he's currently 31 overall for quarterbacks. 31. Fringe starter on an NFL team not at even, this point. That's not even just free. That is literally somebody paying you to take him at this point. Yeah, he, he's, he's essentially free at this point. Um, but why do I like him? Do you ask? Do tell. I sure will. Uh, so here's the deal with Cam. He is on the last year of his contract. Um, so he, he's going to be playing for a starting role for next season. Um, and, and when you look at the schedule that they had last year, uh, we know he came down with COVID. Uh, and that was about week four, I believe, uh, early October uh, is when he had his, his positive test. Uh, missed the week versus uh, Kansas City. Um, you know, he had that. He was coming off of the, the foot injuries uh, from the year before. So there might have been a little hesitancy with that. Um, and notoriously learning a very difficult Bill Belichick playbook there in New England. Something totally different than what he's done before. While they did and do cater to more of Cam's strengths as a good offensive coordinator, or a good offense will, um, it's still a Bill Belichick offense, which, like I said, is notoriously a little bit more difficult to grasp than than what we've heard other playbooks are. I mean, we've seen wide receivers struggle there. You know, running backs, if they don't do their job correctly, they get benched right away. So so it, it, it's, like I said, notoriously tough. And then um, what we saw out of Cam last year, and while the early season, you know, the first few weeks before he got, in, um, got COVID, you know, it was nothing to write home about, super great. Um, you know, he had four rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns which is great um after that i mean he was facing a lot of really tough defenses which on top of recovering from covid i think that slowed him down so he had san francisco ranked number six versus the qb last year buffalo ranked 13th baltimore ranked fifth arizona ranked 16th the rams first miami 15th buffalo again i mean that is just a gauntlet of very good pass defenses that he had to go against. And look at the guys he was throwing to last year. Nikhil Do Harry. Have to? No, you don't. You, you please don't. <laughs> was it Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers? I mean, which we still have high hopes for these guys, but let's be honest. They're not guys that that you want to necessarily draft and, and, and have on your team that you feel really good about, uh, which to be fair, they tried to address that this offseason with a couple of big tight end signings, uh, which is nice. Uh, gives them more pass catching options. Uh, pour one out for our third round uh, dual tight ends that was drafted uh, last year as rookies. Uh, that dream has just come crashing down. Um, but I think this year, you know, another he's another year in the offense. He's going to have a full offseason. Uh, with the team and learning the playbook and running plays, because remember, it was a truncated offseason with COVID last year. Uh, better pass catchers all around. Uh, should have a, a little bit stronger run game, I would think. Damien Harris has looked pretty good so far in camp and what we saw in preseason. They drafted Ramondre Stevenson uh, in the draft this year to help bulk that up. Sony Michelle's in there. 
hopefully he's healthy, I guess you could say, after being uh, pretty well dinged up every single year here. Uh, so, so there's a lot to look forward to with this offense. And like I said, the big thing, Cam's playing for a potential starting job or at least a chance to compete for a starting job after the season. Because I don't think the Patriots will bring him back. Um, and, and, you know, with Matt Jones, I think they want to give him a year to really learn the offense. And it'll be a totally different offense than what they're running with Cam. So I think they're going to play this year with Cam, have Matt Jones learn the offense, ideally. And then they'll let Cam walk, bring in some other guy uh, that more fits their their personnel uh, to be a backup to Mac Jones after this year. So Cam's got a lot to play for. And like I said, as the 31st quarterback off the board, I mean, he is free and he's going to far outplay that ADP for you. So um, I'm all aboard the Cam train. Toot, toot. That was, I, that was a, such a soft toot for that Cam train. I feel like being like, oh, uh, a little a little gumption into that thing. Uh, I do want to say I, I love this. I love this one so much. Um, to the folks who believe Mac Jones will be the starter for the majority of this, of this year, I've been impressed by Mac Jones in yeah. camp. And, yes, he does look good. But you hit the nail on the head with Cam from last year. Belichick's offense is tougher to grasp than a greased-up cucumber. It is damn near impossible for a rookie to come in or anybody new to that offense to come in and get it right away. So, I, yeah, I don't think they force the issue. I don't think they force him into the role. And if you start Mac and he doesn't do well, it's going to be really hard to go back to Cam. Mm -hmm. You can go the other way. If Cam starts and for some reason he doesn't do well, you can always go to the rookie and say, well, we, we, we passed the torch now. But you can't go the other way. So I love this. I'm excited for him. I think he has the potential to be a top 15 quarterback actually pretty easily this year. I love that. I love that we're on the same page there. Thank you so much, Jake. Yeah, we did it. QB's off, and we are both uh, on board so far. One quick thing about both of these guys. If you are in the habit of wanting to pair upside, and because these guys are free, take one of these guys and pair them with one of those rookies who you don't know if they're going to start like Trey Lance or Justin Fields, mm -hmm. who are still going a little later. And then you have a match made in heaven. You even sang yeah. that one out. That was nice. I did it. It was, it was that good, Dustin. It was that good. <laughs> Almost as good, by the way, as my running back. Drinking yes. Buddy. Hit us. Hit us with it. Now, now, I have to call this out. This is the same guy that I had in this slot in 2020. For my drinking buddy of 2020, and I almost didn't do it. And you know what? I'm going to admit I wanted to put Chris Carson down, but I yeah. knew I knew this was your guy. I knew you loved him this much that I didn't you know, get into the show sheet first. I knew it. And I was like, no, I'm going to let Jake have this one because you've been banging the drum for this guy. Well, we both have, but you especially have been just banging, banging this drum all offseason. I appreciate you. And I also appreciate the number of times you just said bang in a row. <laughs> I think that that is the exact right tone for our podcast. <laughs> but it is Chris Carson. Yeah, he's... Uh, what What? What does he have to do? This is going to be my consistent theme throughout this entire list. What do these guys have to do to prove their worth to fantasy drafters? Chris Carson misses time last year. Four games. And that's the only thing I can think of for why he is not flirting with QB1 ADP. You know, I think if he had played the full season last year, we would see a different ADP. 
and I'd still be willing to draft him at that higher ADP. But as it stands right now, he is currently going behind J.K. Dobbins, behind David Montgomery. And nothing necessarily against those guys, but they do not have the consistency of Chris Carson, nor actually do I believe the upside. Even with the injuries in Baltimore, I still think Chris Carson actually has untapped upside. So in the last two years, he was at least an RB2 in 74% of the games he played. That's nice. And that is taking into account games where he played and got injured. So I'm not going to throw those out. That's that's just unfair to me. But that's the deal. And he fell below 10 fantasy points almost never in 11% <laughs> of games. He was the RB5 overall through week five of last year before he got injured. And then he got injured. It was tough. He missed a chunk of the season in the middle. He comes back. And in the last five weeks, he was still RB14 coming off of injury. And that offense in Seattle had undergone a drastic change while he was gone. They went from the let's sling it, let's let Russell cook, to let's go traditional, let's back off, let's focus on the run game. And they decided to focus on the run game with a banged up Chris Carson. That's how much they believe in him. That's much they want to put the workload on him. And it also made me realize it doesn't matter what offense they run this year. So everybody still wants to know, are they going to let Russ pass more? Is this going to be a pass-heavy offense or a run-heavy offense? And it doesn't matter because both iterations, Chris Carson was the guy. He was still on pace for like 300 and some quality touches in his first five games and his last five games. It's just a matter of, is he going to get more catches for PPR? Or is he going to get to run the ball a little bit more and maybe get some extra touchdowns there? And either version of it, I'm so fine with. And I'm not worried about Rashad Penny or they brought in Alex Collins again, it looks like, and DJ Dallas. These guys behind him, they can take the Carlos Hyde role from last year, which was just strictly backup, strictly change of pace guy, and let Carson feast. He's basically in a contract year. They have a super easy out after this year, so it wouldn't be surprised uh, if they cut him, traded him, whatever. So lock him up. I, I think he has clear RB1 upside. Ooh, RB1 upside. I like that. And I'm not going to argue with anything you said. I Like I said, I, I've, I'm i right there lockstep with you uh, with Chris Carson for this season. Uh, I don't believe in any of those other running backs that they have there. Uh, yeah, they'll take a few touches here and there, but I mean, they're, they're no, no significant, you know, barrier for him to reach his potential. So yeah, I love that. Woo! I love that you love it, and I'm ready to try to love your running back. Who we got? Yeah, <laughs> and I'll be honest. I, I, as I was looking over the show sheet prior to the show today, I was like, I'm not 100% sold on this, but I'm going to stick with it. So, yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. I thought about changing your gun. I'm just like, no, no, this is my first gut feeling. This is what I'm doing. I'm sticking with it, planting that flag. Right. That's what it's all about. All right. So, my guy for running back is Miles Gaskin. Um, currently going off the board as the RB21 uh, at 38 overall. So just beginning of the fourth round. So he's going fairly early. Uh, but the fact that he's going 21st as of running backs uh, just tells you how valuable running backs are. And this guy, he can have a great season here. Now, I know we had temper our expectations a little bit with what we saw from the preseason game this week. Um, that he got out snapped by pretty much everyone else on the field. But I think they're just going to yeah, ease him back. Remember, he was injured last season. Uh, they know what they've gotten him. 
They don't need to see it in the preseason. So why not give these other guys snaps that aren't familiar with the offense, i.e. your Malcolm Browns that just came in via free agency. And and why not rest the guy you know is going to be your, your bell cow guy for the season? And maybe he's not going to be that true bell cow. But like I said, as the RB21 coming off the board, I think he's going to far exceed that uh, by the end of the season. Now, last year, in ten, the 10 games he played, because he was injured, he averaged in PPR leagues 16.8 points per game. Average. Uh, which is nice. You flirting with that 20, that's, that's very, very good. And the thing is, he was getting the bulk of his team's red zone rushes which is what you like to see over 30 percent he had 36 rushes inside the 20 21 attempts inside the 10 and 11 inside the five so he's getting those very valuable goal line rushes and i know what you're saying malcolm brown he's a bigger back you know ahmed he was in there too well ahmed ahmed only got that opportunity because gaskin was hurt so i think he's gonna hit the weights this offseason He's going to work with the trainer. He's going to come back healthy. Um, and, and really, I, they, they brought in Malcolm Brown. Yes, he will take some of the carries and, and some of the load because you, the days of the true bell cow running back are, with very few exceptions, as pretty much non-existent anymore. I mean, you got your handful at the very top, and they're the reason why they're at the very top. But teams just don't like to run that for the most part anymore. But as someone that you can get a little bit later in your draft, still has excellent upside, uh, and is a very good receiver in his own right. I mean, he had 41 receptions last year in 10 games, so he's averaging over four receptions a game, which is very nice. What's not to lose? I think his ceiling is is a lot higher than this this 21, and I think he could flirt, if things go well, flirt with a high-end RB2 uh, in that like 14, 13, 14 range, just outside RB1 territory. Wow. What's you say about that? Wow. I, you know, we talked about this on our sleepers and bust episode. You're definitely higher on Gaskins mm-hmm. than I am. I'm, I'm higher on guys like Malcolm Brown than you are. Um, I, I do think that Brown proves to be the touchdown vulture, which is the one thing I think capping Gaskins upside. I'm interested. I'm interested very much though, in this offense as a whole, mm-hmm. because the Dolphins did not get to run the offense that they wanted to run last year. Tua, the issues that they had with him and the quarterback flopping that we talked about with Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. And they had it really it was Devontae Parker and kind of nobody. And then Mike Sick there. And that's that's all they really had to work with. Now you've got Fuller. Now you've got Waddle in there. And hopefully these guys can find a way <coughs> to be healthy at some point. And that way we can see the offense that they want to run. And mm-hmm. If there's more plays to be run, then there's more points to be had for your running backs. I'm not super smitten with Gaskin, and I do just want to ask this, though, because I'm curious. I think Gaskin is worth having as, for like, RB3. I'm very comfortable with that, because he does have upside. Well, that's not but where would you're you going to rather... take him. I mean, no, he, he's going that's, the, that's my problem. He's going at the beginning yeah. of the fourth round. So, I mean, he's, he's not going to, unless you go RB, RB, RB in your first three picks, then, yeah, yeah you could get him there, but chances are that's not going to happen. Which is why I'm probably just out on him. But I do want to know from your perspective, because you do like Carson, but you have Gaskin here. Who would you rather have at their ADP? So Carson at RB17 or Gaskin at RB22, it looks like. Uh, I'll take Gaskin. I think he has a higher ceiling than Carson. Um, I don't... I don't... 
I know. I, it pains me to say it. I don't see Carson getting into that RB1 territory or the chance to. Um, just with the way that About offense High is. RB2 territory. Yeah, I could see high RB2. But Gaskin, I mean, he, he's more of a pass catcher. And that and that's what you need as opposed to what Chris Carson offers. Like, he can catch balls, but that's not his forte. Where Miles Gaskin, he can catch balls. Uh, he's very competent at it. And that's what you need in a PPR league. I, I don't disagree with some of what you said, but I vehemently disagree with some of the other things that you said. If we didn't already have a beer bet on the books about Miles Gaskin, which as a reminder for both you and our listeners, was that Gaskin finishes as RB20 or higher. And you, that's you, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the under there. And that's why I don't want him at his ADP is because I think you're drafting him basically at his ceiling. So if we didn't already have one, I would do a one-for-one some way with Carson and Gaskin to figure that out. But as it stands, I don't want to double up okay. on uh, on one guy for a beer bet. All it right. seems a bit much. Okay, that's fine. Nate's in the chat. Can you throw Nate up on the board real quick? just want to call out uh, this special gem oh, here. Nate Hamilton, who we had on the show. Delightful man. We got to meet him in person at the expo, mm-hmm. and what a goddamn treat. I mean, just talk about upside. Nate's got nothing <laughs> but upside, because, uh, yeah, that, that dude's the best. Mm-hmm. Just want to call Absolutely. Out All right. Now, do we Oh, dare... and, then, and then to rub it in, says his drive was perfection <laughs> on the way home. Listeners, Nate and I got into a little bit of a spat at the expo. Let's call it a lover's quarrel. Uh, we got into a little bit of a lover's quarrel, um, and I wished him uh, a bad drive home. Not not like a dangerous drive home or anything like that. I'm not a psychopath, but just like a generally uncomfortable drive home because he said something to me. I don't even remember what it was, but I was spiteful. Let's just call it what it is. I'm spiteful. <laughs> so uh, that's what you get. But I'm glad to hear Nick got home safe from the expo. That's right. Justin, dare we venture into our wide receivers? Let's do it. Hit me, Jake. All right. I know you said that I've been banging the Chris Carson drum, which I have been mm-hmm. all offseason. But I think there's been a thicker drum that I've been hitting. And thicker? it's for one Brandon Cooks. Thicker. That's a thing, right? Drums are, have different thickness. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a cymbal. That's pretty thin. And then you got the bass drum. That's a big guy. I think the analogy holds up, Dustin. But it's Brandon Cooks. All right. So, again, so undervalued. Every single year, every single year, we do this with Brandon Cooks. But it's it's gone off the hinges now. His ADP is wide receiver 42. Dustin, what the fuck are we doing allowing his ADP to be at wide receiver 42? Here's his end of season ranks since 2015. See if you can spot the calamity in this whole deal. Wide receiver 13, wide receiver 10, wide receiver 15, wide receiver 13. Then he had a concussion year where he was dealing with that, and it, it threw him out, and I'm he played like 10 games. It was bad. But then after that, wide receiver 17. That was last year on the Texans' offense, which was already kind of in shambles anyways. So I understand. We don't know if Deshaun Watson is playing, and we're nervous about Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills stepping in. Let me some of that qualm. Tyrod Taylor is actually a much better deep ball passer than people remember. It's weird. It's just weird that people have this idea that he's just a dump off king because that's really not what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say that we get Tyrod Taylor for the whole season. 
Is wide receiver 42 his floor? Probably. I literally think you're drafting this dude at his absolute floor, and I think it's actually higher than that. He's had five different 1,000-yard seasons over the last six seasons. Again, concussion year notwithstanding there. Mm -hmm. Saw at least 114 targets in each of those. In 2020, he played uh, 15 games. In 11 of those, he had at least 10 fantasy points. Six of those, he had at least 15 fantasy points. Four of those, he had at least 20 fantasy points. That is floor. That is ceiling combined. And he had at least five targets in each of them. Had eight targets in half of them. This is a terrible team. They are going to do nothing but throw all season long. And now they have nobody to throw to besides Brandon Cooks. Even Randall Cobb is gone. People who thought that Randall Cobb might have some usage in this offense for fantasy. He's gone. He's back to Green Bay. Yay. And so now you're looking at Brandon Cooks, rookie Nico Collins, who by all reports does look pretty good. But then there's no running game. The only pass catcher in the backfield is David Johnson, who people are already starting to worry about. Philip Lindsay looks like this possibly starting running back there. He doesn't pa- catch very many passes. It's Brandon Cooks. It's Brandon Cooks all day long. I know it's a bad quarterback situation, potentially. It doesn't matter. He's wide receiver 20 at worst. I honestly believe that for this year. So just, oh, I'm so excited to draft him in like the 20th round, wherever the hell he's going right now. Yeah, he, he's been a perpetually undervalued asset at wide receiver and take that value all day long. I mean, they have to throw to someone on the team. Let's be honest. They have to throw to someone. Yep. It's most likely going to be him because he's the most talented wide receiver on that team. So regardless who, of who the quarterback is, he's going to get fed targets this year. You know they're going to be throwing the ball a shit ton because their defense is awful and they would be playing from behind all season long. So, yeah, take that value. Take that value and snatch it up. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, Dustin. And I can get on board with this next one for you and his value as well. Yes. So my wide receiver is the one, the only Debo Samuel. Uh, I've been talking about him all offseason as well. Uh, Someone I've just been so on board with, and I don't understand why he is going so late. So currently, he is going as the wide receiver 36 off the board. Um, He's going off in 92nd overall. So what is that? Uh, Eighth, eighth, ninth round, right around there. Uh, So it's... It's criminal. And I know everybody <laughs> is very high on Brandon Ayuk, who had a very good rookie season to give him credit. And I think he's a very talented wide receiver. Uh, but you have to remember, last year, Ayuk played the entire season. Kittle was hurt for a good chunk of the season. Mm-hmm. Debo was hurt for a good chunk of the season. Uh, you know, So he didn't get to play with the full complement of, of the uh, uh, offense there. Why... People have forgotten already what an impact player he was in his rookie season. Mm-hmm. Let me pull this up here for you. So they they actually had very um, similar stat lines between Ayuk and, and Debo. Uh, the one thing that was the big difference between them is the rushing, where Debo was very much involved in the, in the rushing game. Um, for a wide receiver. He had 14 attempts for 160 yards and three touchdowns. So he was involved in a lot of those jet sweeps and things like that, scored touchdowns on the ground, uh, basically an extension of the running game at that point, uh, which we know how much San Francisco loves to run the ball. And with Debo, Ayuk, 
You've got George Kittle all there. Uh, Kittle's going to get his. Let's be honest. He he is the number one option on that offense. Um, but I think, especially if Trey Lance, you know, gets to start early in the season, um, I think that's going to open things up more for Debo than for Ayuk. And um, just because, like I said, with that rushing ability and and you know, kind of that closer to the line um, depth of target that he takes tends to get. God, my words are just not coming out properly tonight. <laughs> no, they're beautiful. You shut up. They're beautiful. Uh, so yeah, he has that. He has that lower a dot, but it's one of those get him the ball quickly and then let him do his thing. He's basically you know can do things that a running back can do in, in a in a wide receiver's body. Uh, and and I just don't understand why people are so low on him after we were so high on him at this point last season. Granted, we kind of knew he had that lingering foot injury or whatnot, but he was being drafted way higher than this uh, because of the season he had in his rookie year. And I know everybody loves the new hotness, but I, I think where you're taking Debo, um, he is going to pay off for that in spades this year. Yeah, I, it is just recency bias. I truly believe that it's recency bias. And we got to see Ayuk, like you said, last year with very little competition. And so shiny new toy, plus he's getting all these targets because these other guys are down. They're done with injury. So I love Debo. I've said it before. I will say it again. I want the guy who's going to be used in the most versatile way in this offense. And that is going to be Debo. He's going to get that Robert Woods-like treatment of the little pop passes, the little end arounds, anything that they can do to get the ball in his hands from even just traditional traditional receiving work. And he's so explosive with whatever targets he gets, whatever touches he gets, that I want that. And going, let's see, how many spots behind Ayuk did we decide here? Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver 23. Debo mm-hmm. Samuel, wide receiver 36. Yeah, very comfortable taking Debo there. Yeah, going, what, 30 picks later, 35 picks later, so almost three rounds later. Whew, mm-hmm. I love that value. Pretty, pretty comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about it before. We're both Team Debo here, especially, you know, factoring in value. Um, so we have a beer bet still at play about how closely Debo and Ayuk will finish together. But yeah, we are both Team Debo there. So mm-hmm. no shocker. Whew. Maybe a little bit of a shocker here at the tight end position, though, Dustin. You I all think have so. to tell me. I, do, I think shocker. so. Yeah. Now, look, let me get out of the way that it would have been a cheat for this tight end drinking buddy to just put Kyle Pitts. You know, I wanted to, would have loved to do that. It seems like such an easy cheat. I'm not going to do that. All right. Could he finish his tight end one overall? Sure. Am I going to take the credit for it afterwards? Probably. (laughs) But I'm not going to list him as my drinking buddy here tonight. Instead, I'm going to focus at another guy who is going at the end of your drafts and might as well be free. That is Jared Cook. Tight end for the Chargers. He steps into the role that was vacated by Hunter Henry. We just talked about the new toy that Cam has to work with in New England. Hunter Henry is gone. Hunter Henry saw 14 red zone targets in 14 games where he was pretty banged up last year. Some of that, is that Hunter Henry's talent? Yeah. Is Jared Cook going to step in and get a good, good chunk of that, if not the whole shebang? I really think so. Our good friend Sam Wallace, who again we got to meet at the Expo this weekend, had a great article about Jared Cook and why he is a value and why he's underappreciated. I think people think Jared Cook and they're just like, well, there's a 
a, a guy who happens to play tight end who got shoehorned into a uniform and they schlep him out there and he plays tight end. I'm sure he can block well. And they don't re- don't realize how good of a receiver he is. So if you look back through the last three years, Jared Cook has ranked amongst tight ends first in yards per reception, second in touchdowns, fifth in air yards, and sixth in receiving yards amongst all tight ends. And yet, we sit here in the middle of August and we're staring down tight end 19 for Jared Cook. On an offense that I think we all love, mm-hmm. with a quarterback that I think we all love in Justin Herbert, he is the goddamn man. And now we're looking at, yes, I love Keenan Allen. Don't get me wrong. Keenan Allen I will probably have on most of my rosters as well because he's also pretty undervalued. I'm not completely sold on Mike Wallace. I love the upside of Mike Wallace, the potential of Mike Wallace, but I love whoever is stepping into this tight end role for the Chargers and is going to not only eat those red zone targets that Hunter Henry got, but is now an athletically gifted tight end that nobody realizes is athletically gifted. And again, you don't get those rankings. You don't get those numbers that Sam Wallace talked about by being an average tight end or a mediocre pass catcher. So I'm all about him. Uh, This is that guy. Punt the tight end position. If you don't want to go for Kelsey, you don't maybe want to go for Waller, don't believe in Kittle uh, or Mark Andrews, then wait, wait, wait for Jared Cook. Mm-hmm. I just want a little shout out our friend Troy, friend of the show, in the chat saying, hello, friends. Uh, another delightful Hi, human being that we got ah, to no, see in person. we got to meet him too. And it was like checking off uh, the, the header of your um, bucket list. You know, like it might as well just be bucket list and then you check it off. Mm-hmm. It's like meet Troy. We got to do that. So that's pretty nice. Yeah, absolutely. And getting back to Jared Cook. Um, I guess I can get on board with your take there, uh, especially for where yes. he's, especially for where he's being drafted. I mean, if you're going to wait and punt tight end. Yeah. Jared Cook is a good replacement, um, but I don't think I don't know if he's got that. That really high, high upside that, that you're hoping for. Uh, I think his ceiling's a little, little limited, but um, but it's okay for us to disagree, respectfully. Is it though? No, I'm gonna spend the next two hours trying to wear you down and agree with my take. No, yeah. I and to be fair, no, it's I'm not saying he has top five tight end upside. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that this is a guy you could plug into your roster every single week and probably not have to worry about getting goose. And you are going to get those multiple touchdown games frequently. And again, I think his floor is so much safer than what people believe. Mm -hmm. Now, Dustin, though, I say this as the guy who is notoriously awful, awful at calling out (laughs) tight end production and predicting what tight ends are going to do. So honestly, it's probably the smartest move for you to disagree with me on this. (laughs) <laughs> just based and, on the stats right and and i know that you're going to disagree with my tight end take here as well so um i think it was only fair that i i pointed that out too so <laughs> <laughs> that being said uh we'll, we'll finish this off here with my tight end and that is logan thomas now jake i know i know you don't like this uh because of ryan fitzpatrick and, and his apparent Lack of use uh, of of targeting his tight ends. But let me tell you something here. Last year, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and this is with Tua, you know, it was with both quarterbacks playing there. Um, 
but Gusecki's targets last year same as it was the year before his receptions more than the year before almost 200 yards more than the previous year had more touchdowns than the previous year his average depth of target higher than it was the previous year so so all this baloney about ryan fitzpatrick not targeting the tight end at all is a flat out false narrative hashtag That's not what i said fake news first of all i didn't say that he doesn't target his tight end but I said that Kaseki was the beneficiary of Tua for most of those games who targeted False. the tight end a lot more. That is why False. he saw that increase with Tua. False. Not Patrick, I stick by it. False. Uh, but this is a guy, uh, you have to take him somewhat early. He is going off as the eighth tight end off the board at 78 overall, which is round end of round six, roughly. Yeah, you got to take him a little high, but this is a guy that has the potential easy i mean we saw it last year he was top five i think he's gonna finish there this year again or he has the potential to finish there granted washington has a little bit more weapons on offense um with um oh i'm blanking the wide receiver not terry mclaurin the other guy curtis samuel there you go that's the one that's why you're my co-host uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know they brought in Curtis Samuel, who is who's an upgrade in the position there. We expect uh, Gibson to be much more involved in the passing game this year. But all those things mean that Logan Thomas can't get that really good coverage. They have to account for these other pieces on, on, on defense. So Logan Thomas should have more favorable matchups, and Ryan Fitzpatrick will be targeting him, and he is a big red zone uh, uh, target as well. So this is why you should draft him. It wasn't a fluke last year. He's going to return that value. And I think he's going to be top five with ease this season. With ease? My goodness. So wait, because you said with ease, I have to know. If you're drafting, let's say ADP be damned. Mm -hmm. But Mark Andrews or Logan Thomas? Ooh, that's real close. Um, Mark Andrews is currently the fifth tight end going off the board. Right. Oh, that that is a tough one because uh, ah. I really do like Andrews as well. Um, With ease, he says, as he decides between these two well, tight ends. Well, it it could be Andrews and then Logan Thomas in my top five, rounding out my well, top say, five. So. I guess let's say this: <laughs> Who out of this top five do you think that Thomas would usurp here? And I really hope you don't say one specific name, but. Okay, Travis Kelsey, freshly shaved Travis Kelsey. Uh, you got to account might for be the, the lack of one, beard. Now he's like tight end 14 after that picture. I posted. know. Uh, uh, Darren Waller, George Kittle, Kyle Pitts, or Mark Andrews. Out of those five, who do you see falling down enough for for him to move up? There? If I had to pick one, um, it would probably be Kyle Pitts. Even though it pains me to the say name it. I didn't want you to say. <laughs> I know it pains me to say it because I really love Kyle Pitts. I think he's just a, a wide receiver with a designation of tight end. Uh, he's mm-hmm. that good. Um, yep. So I just, yeah, I, I really like that. But if I had to pick one only because he's a rookie this season uh, and that would be the only reason, uh, but that would be the one I would take out of the top five. But uh, getting right. back to your original question, whether it was Mark Andrews or, or Logan Thomas, um, I would take either. I mean, it's a cop out answer, but I'd take either one of them. Honestly, they both have that upside uh, and touchdown potential that I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. 
So I can't stick my... I'd avoid both. Huh. I, I would avoid both, actually. And, and because they fall into that middle round, middle and close, right, I right, guess, right. for Mark Andrews, but close enough to that middle round area why I avoid tight ends anyways, unless there's somebody that really jumps off the page that I'm super smitten with. And there's nobody in this middle that I'm smitten with, including Andrews. So, yeah. So you would have either. I would take neither. Uh, I think, listener, you should probably listen to the guy who knows more about tight ends, which is not me. But I'm sticking by my guns <laughs> here. I'm going to turn this ship around, Dustin. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, that is all we had on our show sheet tonight, going through each position with our drinking buddies for this season. Uh, how do you feel about this, Jake? I feel goddamn satiated. I uh-huh. feel delighted. I feel full. I feel my my heart right now is so full uh, because we we have these on the books. So now the excitement is tracking these guys throughout the season. Of course, trying to draft them in every single league mm-hmm. again. I swear to God, I have all four of these guys in at least seventy five percent of my leagues, like together as right. a force. So so you talk. Uh, the talk. I can't wait. I talk the damn talk, and I'm going to try and be getting these guys in my home league. So now you know exactly who I'm targeting. I know exactly who you're targeting in our That's home right. league. So that'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's going to be great to check in on here in the uh, the next offseason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, that will do it for this week, folks. Um, tune in again next week. Please go out. Give us a rate and review on apple podcast we truly do appreciate it It helps people find us and just go spread the word just go hey tell your friend go check out drinking fantasy on twitter they're great they're funny they know their stuff we love them yeah can i actually make a a suggestion for our listeners to do right in black marker it doesn't have to be you know permanent just black marker right dtff on your hand and then walk up to your your friends and then smack them in the face so that you leave <laughs> the imprint of DTFF on their face. And that's not really good for them so that when they, you know, check in the mirror, they see it. But then all the people who walk by them also see it. Uh, throw the hashtag in there. Hashtag DTF. That way we can we can get that. Going. That's right. I like that. Thanks, Jake. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that'll do it for this week, folks. Like I said, uh, check us out on the Twitter machine at Drinking Fantasy. You can find my co-host, Jake Trowbridge, at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. And you can find me at FFDustyDog. Our DMs are open at any time to answer any of your drafting uh, or trade questions here as we're coming up to the start of the season and the heart of the redraft season here. Uh, uh, We have all the information you need, so don't hesitate to reach out to any any one of those places. Uh, uh, We got you covered. So uh, until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.